Let's talk about other numbers, numbers like inflation, because we'd like these to get back under control. Couldn't we do that? Are we supposed to do something with our energy prices? Because that was brought up today, and the finance minister and deputy prime minister, who wasn't in the House of Commons today, she was virtual, but you're allowed to be virtual, she kind of bypassed it. Somebody was saying, hey, look at all the countries, and even the province of Alberta, for instance, that have reduced prices at the pump and that has actually helped inflation what about you guys at the federal level can you do something about that and then she just talked completely in circles about how much people at g7 and g20 summits love canada yeah everybody loves canada we're really polite we're nice people for the most part we do things like donate enough so that over 1700 bottles of water can be donated on a hot summer day so She didn't seem to want to make any sort of change. What can we do? Joining us right now is someone who may be able to help us understand. Economist Moshe Lander joins us from Concordia University. Moshe, how are things? Hello. Let's kind of talk about where things are sitting in terms of inflation, because it seems that a number of economists are weighing in and pointing to the fact that anything under a 3% interest rate hike or anything under 3%, I guess, as uh, as a, a lending rate, a prime lending rate, is not good enough. How do you see this? I agree. Interest rates are going to keep going higher until that inflation rate comes down, and there's pretty much no stopping it. So I I think the thing that we need to train ourselves to look at is what's called the real interest rate. And that's the interest rate that exists after you subtract inflation. So if you see right now that you can borrow money at 5%, but the inflation rate is around 7%, then what you're really borrowing at is negative 2%, right? 5 minus 7. Um, Anything less than zero means that you're effectively being paid to borrow money. And, of course, that's going to lead people to borrow a heck of a lot of money if somebody's effectively paying you to do it. So the interest rate then needs to go up substantially above the inflation rate to stop people from borrowing. Ooh, and those would be big-time inflation rates if we were to do that. We're looking and seeing that the federal government and Christia Freeland mentioned this again, some of the things that they're doing to provide Canadians with help. So, you know, we've seen more money given to people who are working but maybe can't afford their bills, more money given to seniors, more money given to affordable housing. Can you throw money at this issue and make a difference, make a dent, fix it? Not really. They, they have to be really careful because if the government starts throwing money at this particular problem, they were throwing money at the COVID problem in the last two years, and that's partly to blame for the problem that we have now. So whenever the government spend money excessively, it is itself inflationary. So it could result in an own goal, right, that they're trying to control inflation by spending money, but the spending money is going to create inflation. So they have to be careful. If they want to target their spending towards particular at-risk groups, there's nothing wrong with that. But what they need to be announcing simultaneously is where are they going to stop spending money that they currently are? And that can be for infrastructure projects that maybe they want to delay for a few years or something like that. They need to be announcing that, too. Otherwise, people are going to view this as being inherently part of the problem, not the solution. 
Uh, we're talking with Moshe Lander, economist and lecturer at Concordia University, looking at kind of what can be done. The word recession is being thrown around, and even the word global recession is being thrown around. What do you make of that? So global recession, I don't know that I'd sign up for that one. Local recession, I'm on board with that one. I, I think that that's probably likely. But again, I think we need to pay attention to what we're implying by using recession. Recession has a technical meaning. It's two consecutive quarters of declining GDP. And GDP is gross domestic product, which measures how much the economy is producing. We can have a recession without it meeting the technical definition. All that means is if growth slows down substantially enough that it feels like a recession, psychologically it is a recession. It doesn't have to meet the technical definition. And I do think we're heading for that. Right. And what you mentioned that that can almost be a, a psychological thing. If we start talking about that, how do businesses usually react? Are they, are they actually going to look at that and say, ooh, wait a minute, let me, let me pull out the old adage, make hay when the sun shines and whatever the opposite of that is? <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly it. it. And so we have to kind of talk up the economy. And so fine, maybe the, the finance minister, the deputy prime minister was avoiding some questions. Um, but the idea of trying to talk things up at least in part, while it's a political strategy on one end, it is helpful from an economic standpoint that, you know, if you tell people that, hey, we're going to have a recession, then people start panicking. They start racing for how do I cut money? How do I try and save money? They start canceling all kinds of summer trips or anything that they might be doing uh, that might be enjoyable. But if you talk them up and say, listen, we might have a slowdown, but that doesn't mean that you have to cancel your life. It's the type of thing that could actually limit the amount of economic damage that's done. Businesses are not going to be any different than if you tell them that, hey, we're going to have a recession. This is when they start calling, you know, company meetings and firing an entire division or telling people that their hours are going to be cut or trying to cut wages. If you tell them that, look, we are heading for a slowdown, you can't avoid that, but let's not use the R word. They might say, all right, let's see if we can find other ways to, uh, you know, cut back on things without actually doing a lot of uh, medium to long term damage. Moshe, you always put things into such great terms. Thank you for doing that for us today, and I know we'll be talking again soon. Anytime. That's Moshe Lander, economist and lecturer at Concordia University. So as he points to interest rates need to actually come up above what the inflation rate is, and that's a scary proposition for sure. But the other thing to look at is the psychological impact for how people react when that R-word recession gets thrown around, and we're certainly seeing it thrown around right now.